0: Hello and happy holidays. Maya here, your host of Proud Stutter. Before we get into our interview, I just wanted to take a moment and thank everyone who made Proud Stutter's first annual gala such a big success. We surpassed our fundraising goal of $10,000 thanks to the generosity of our listeners, our sponsors, our friends, the stuttering community, and beyond. I am so grateful for all the incredible sponsors, Studio 8, You Need Barbecue, Whole Foods, Senior Disability Action, Communication First, Camelo Communication Center, National Stuttering Association, Tulips Therapy, Center for Story-Based Strategy, Disability Rights California, With VR, Communication Community, Sound Speech and Hearing Clinic San Francisco, Mopod, ASA, American Institute for Stuttering, Stuttering Therapy Resources, Center for Disability Justice Research, Jessica Chisholm Speech Therapy, Say, My Speech, West Coast Stuttering Center, Speech Path, Speech and Language Therapy, The Page, Upward Speech Therapy. We couldn't have done it without you. And also thank you to all the small businesses in San Francisco and individuals who, date, who donated to our si- silent auction. And of course, a huge thank you to our volunteers and those who donated and bought merch. A recap of our gala can be found at proudsetterorg post dash gala or view the link in our show notes. Our next episode right before New Year's Eve will include a recap of 2023 and highlights for what to expect in 2024. But there's one highlight that I can't wait to announce, so I'm going to be doing it right now. I will be interviewing professional baseball player George Springer in the new year. It's Sprout Stutter's biggest interview yet, and I can't wait to meet George and share our conversation with all of you. All right, now on to the interview. I'm Maya Chupkov and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. So, Keegan, I am so happy that you're here because you are a Bay Area person just like me. And I love meeting people who live in the Bay Area because it's just so fun. And there's going to be so many opportunities to meet in a person. How are you doing?
1: Great. No, I appreciate the invite, Maya. And uh, I have to say, my SLP referenced you and your podcast. And that's when uh, I made the connection and was kind of inter. Uh, interested in joining the podcast so uh, i'm really excited to be here
0: yes and that's definitely the goal so first i know you had a stutter when you were younger and then grew out of it and then you had and then you had it again so can you walk us through kind of those chain of events and how it's impacted you
1: Sure, of course. Yeah, my my stuttering is complex, and I think frustrating, like it is for for most people, right? Everyone's stutter, I think, is unique to themselves. And I think for me as a child, I think as most children, you don't know what stuttering is. And my earliest uh, memory of stuttering was that I think it was something like the third or fourth grade, I would be taken away from class and go to this small room, and this nice lady would talk to me, and I would you know, read sentences, read books. And I I didn't really understand what was happening. And then uh, that eventually stopped and I became a teenager. And for me, uh, I grew out of my stutter. I didn't have any stutter uh, or issues or challenges with fluency. And it was an afterthought. And I I went through that for the majority of my teenage teenage years. And then basically what happened is that uh, in going into my junior year in high school, uh, I had uh, a traumatic event that involved my family that caused me to miss the first half of my junior year, actually. And, you know, through those three or four months, basically what happened was that I suffered uh, from depression and anxiety, uh, as well as my stutter came back. And it was almost like a switch. I went from perfect fluency one day to... I, I couldn't even form a sentence. So I think if you know, Maya, if you would have met me during that time, I, I couldn't even speak with you because I, I could, I truly could not put together more than a couple words without, uh, without stuttering.
0: Yes, I I remember the periods in my life where my stutter really ramped up a lot, and I I literally could not speak. So I definitely can relate to that. So what what happened with with your stutter over time?
1: I had experienced a period in my life where I had no challenges with speaking and, you know, had no limitations. And then out of nowhere, I had the stutter again. And I think emotionally that was really hard for me to process because I, I just kept thinking, why can't I just go back to this other version of myself or why can't I just speak? Right. I mean, I, I was just speaking without a stutter you know, weeks or months ago. So what exactly happened? So from that point on, and that was you know well over ten years ago, I have always had a stutter. Always had challenges with my fluency, and I think for me, it certainly improved. Uh, but it's it's always there in the back of my mind. And uh, it, it, earlier, I, I was really frustrated about that because again, I kept thinking about this pre and post version of myself that existed, and it really bothered me that there were these two different versions that I thought existed and. I think my journey with stuttering has uh, mainly been focused on just acceptance, and not only acceptance with myself, but acceptance that uh, you know the past is our past, and I think uh, what we all can do from that is learn the lessons that we, we do learn. Um, you know, hopefully live the best version of ourselves.
0: And what is stuttering like for you today?
1: Stuttering today for me is certainly much better than it was back then. And a lot of that has just stemmed from growing growing older, being more comfortable with myself, and truthfully just having a lot of experiences with someone who stutters, right? I mean, I think after a while, you hopefully become less, less self-conscious about it and just hopefully love and accept yourself. And I think for me, that was a lot of the work that I had to do. And I I mean, I still have uh, fluency issues to this day or moments where people react to you in a way I'm sure we've all experienced. And I I think you just have to build that foundation and kind of fortify yourself because I think stuttering is one of those conditions that uh, people just don't understand, they don't know how to react to. And I think there is a big element of education and just exposure that Uh, still wax today in this role, even though i think we've made a lot of progress in other areas
0: and how do you think having a stutter has has shaped you like how has it shaped your your life and how you go about things
1: how that shaped my life was that of course you know if you stutter i feel like you you make this your decision matrix is different right i mean you tend to avoid certain situations or careers and i think for me when i was going through college and even in the professional world there were certain tasks or certain roles that I, I would avoid at all costs right i think for me earlier you know for example was talking on the phone right i mean it's something that most people would just consider an afterthought or a simple task is you know introducing yourself and saying you know hello my name is keegan right i mean i i couldn't even do that so i think uh, you know, any job that you had to talk on the phone, I avoided, which, of course, you know, at every job you have to do that, right?
0: Yeah, no, totally. I've definitely had jobs where I've had to talk a lot, um, including the one I have now, especially on the phone and Zoom. Um, so how did you navigate stuttering in the workplace? Did, 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 did you seek out any help?
1: What helped was just exposure therapy right like taking that in small doses and then realizing that it's okay right it's okay to have a uh, disfluency or to stutter uh and not to be so critical or hard on yourself um and that that took me a lot of time to again accept that version of myself and uh i think it's really helped me through my journey with stuttering to the point where to this day uh i feel like most people that maybe don't know that i stutter unless I'm in a particular circumstance or situation. And even that sometimes can be frustrating, right? Because someone who's maybe known you for a while, uh, who doesn't think you stutter, then you stutter. I've had negative reactions to people asking you, like, you know, what's going on, Keegan? Like, they're not understanding what's happening. And yeah, uh, I've had to deal, deal with challenges like that too, as well.
0: You mentioned a bunch of things that I want to respond to. The first one is, you talking about two versions of yourself, which I think as covert stutters, and even especially for someone in your case who, you know, had this childhood stutter, grew out of it, and then because of a tra- tra- traumatic incident, it came back, kind of switched on. Um, and so I think, and for me being a covert stutter, how my stutter shows up is, you know, I can be fluent for a certain amount of time. And then all of a sudden I'm stuttering. And so I, I'm also battling those two d- different, different versions of, of myself. And the second thing that you touched on too was um, like, I think the only way that we're really going to help build understanding around stuttering is to stutter more because and it's kind of counterintuitive because I think we were trained our whole life maybe psychologically through all these like negative portrayals of stuttering we we've been kind of taught by society our whole life that stuttering is bad Um, and all of these things and so the more we hear that the more we want to hide it and so the more we hide it the more how are we going to like have people understand it and so i think there's like two really big things that need to happen in order for us stutters to feel like understood and that's one just getting rid of all those negative stereotypes so that the younger generation doesn't feel that same way. And two, just talk about stuttering more and being open about your stutter. So, um, like, are there any like ticks or like things that you've learned over time, um, that, that has kind of contributed to hiding your stutter? Cause as both, vo- as both, as both people who can pass as fluent, I'm sure like, I've heard of so many, Interesting ways that we go about hiding our stutter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, if my speech therapist was here, um, shout out to Ali at Speech Bubble, she, she would be very excited to hear what I'm about to talk about. But uh, <laughs> I think for me, my you know uh, ways to cope with it was that I would do word substitutions. What I'm constantly doing when I'm talking to somebody is I'm I know what I want to say, and then i communicate that but if i come across a word where i feel like i'm going to stutter or if i have a blockage which is more how my stutter manifests i have to quickly switch out the word with some other synonym i have to i feel like i have to work so much harder to communicate the most basic ideas uh where the people just take that for granted so you know that was one way that i coped and others is i think very similar to people's stutters is it's just avoidance right you just avoid uh, interactions or engagements that require speaking, right? And I think uh, to some extent that can be helpful, but then that has other ramifications in your life well.
0: And I know you eventually sought help via um, speech therapist. So I'm wondering, um, how did you come t- to that decision?
1: I ultimately sought speech therapy because I was at a point where I was tired of being ashamed of my stutter or tired of letting my stutter uh, control or dictate how my life is, I feel like I'm fluent. And then again, uh, on a flip of a switch, you, you have a disfluency. And then what do you do, right? Like how do you uh, how do you overcome that, right? So one of my challenges is introductions, for example. I mean, those terrify me to some extent because you know something as simple as saying hello, my name is Keegan, and you know what is your name. Uh, I just said it now, but if we were, if you and I just met on the street, I may not be able to say that. So then I have to get through that that period of silence or that period of me stuttering to say that. And I think that was really challenging for me because it, you know, it disrupts the flow of communication, but it also, it, it, it doesn't allow you to start a conversation with confidence. So I think that's something I really had to work on. And to your point about stuttering more, I mean, that's how I improve my introductions was just stuttering with it. And I think going back to people who stutter, I mean, we've all experienced negative reactions to stuttering and I have so many in my my personal and professional life where people uh, don't know how to react.
0: Oh yeah, I, I'm sure. I, I mean, I feel like a broken record. I can relate. Um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, stutters out there can too. Can you give us an example of uh, when that happened to to, to, to you?
1: I was uh, I was at work and I was meeting a new coworker of mine who I'd never met. And I was with another coworker who had known me for several years. And of course we did introductions and I couldn't say Keegan. So I stuttered through it and eventually said Keegan. But while I was stuttering through it, the coworker who knew me, who didn't know me as someone who stuttered, stopped and asked if I was having a stroke because they didn't understand what was happening. And that can be really painful, right? Because, you know, <laughs> you're stuttering and someone just accuses you of having a stroke. How do you process that? I have so many stories like that where people react negatively to it. And I think it's, it's really important to push back and really, um, you know, react in a way that I think is appropriate to the situation, right? Where if there is uh, some sort of cordial response or social etiquette that's being violated, like. Someone accusing you be a stroke, having a stroke. I think that then gives you guys to say, "How are we going to react?" But how I would react is say, "No, I'm not having a stroke. I'm I stutter. Please give me a moment, and you know I'll say what I want to say." So I think for me, I was always so subconscious conscious of admitting that because one, I was ashamed of stuttering for whatever reason, and two, I think it's really important to let people know that if you're someone who stutters and you have a reaction like that. I think it's um, important to say to someone who reacts in a negative way that that isn't okay because it's not, right? Because if that person's doing it to you, they're gonna do it to someone else. And um, I had to be okay with that because in my world, etiquette's important, right? Because I work in corporate America and being confrontational as someone who stutters can be pretty terrifying because you're inviting conflict to an uncomfortable situation, but more importantly, You're putting more attention on your stuttering. As someone who stutters, I I never wanted to bring any attention to my stuttering. I just wanted to be, you know, normal and just fluent. And uh, I wanted to avoid any other attention or any um, any, any other way to highlight something that made me different. And it wasn't until that, it wasn't until I overcame that feeling and belief system that Ironically, my stutter improved, and I was able to communicate more fluently. And the other challenge I had was stuttering, and to some extent, I still do. Is um, I learned this term in speech therapy was fluency chasing. I think uh, I think we all do that to some extent, right? Where uh, you're so fixated on communicating in a way that you desire that the more attention you you focus on it, the 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 more um, the more disfluent you become, right, and it all becomes like a self defeating cycle. So there's just a lot of challenges, and obviously we all stutter in, in varying degrees. And I think the, the the first step people have to take is just self self acceptance and being okay with who they are and where they're at in their journey.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree with all of that. And um, and you 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 mentioned the workplace, and I and um. I'm wondering if you can talk about stuttering in the workplace p- because um in my previous jobs, I just did not tell anyone I had a stutter. I just felt very self-conscious about it. And I think it Im- impacted not like my work, but just the way I thought about myself as a professional. Like I just always thought that I was never going to be like a good worker because of my stutter. <laughs> um, but now I don't feel that way. But but I'm wondering if you can talk about your journey through the workplace and if you can talk about your current workplace and how you've, been able to like navigate all of that with your stutter uh
1: i have a lot of uh, similar or had a lot of similar feelings as you with stuttering and i viewed it as me being not as intelligent as, as others right i had that belief system that i was seeing these people communicate in these uh very elaborate and and fluent ways and that was really challenging for me because in in my world You know, I'm giving presentations all the time, I'm client-facing, so I'm interacting with clients. So presenting yourself in a particular manner is important to some extent, right? Because not only am I representing my personal brand, but I'm representing the company, right? So, you know, being able to communicate in a particular way that achieves a particular outcome is really critical. So uh, in my current role, it's really the only role that I've really acknowledged my stutter in a public setting. Um, and, and, and even working towards, uh, creating an internal group for other employees who stutter or or deal with other issues. And that was a big step for me because I think prior to that, I had always tried to shun the idea of admitting that I stuttered, right? Because again, it was, for me, it was the idea of the shame and guilt for, for stuttering. And, you know, anybody who stutters shouldn't be shameful of, uh, how they speak or if they speak differently than other people, because you know we all have a story, and we all have these belief systems. and I think ultimately what starting comes down to, in my opinion, is self-acceptance, right? You have to accept accept who you are and again acknowledge where you're at. so you
0: you mentioned you work in the corporate world, and i I used to work in the corporate world too, and now I work at a large nonprofit. And there's all these talks about diversity, equity and inclusion. Right. I I don't I mean, I'm sure it's in your work, too. Um, But nowhere in the diversity, equity and inclusion conversation is stuttering or like even speech impediments for that matter. Every once in a while I hear disability get mentioned, Um, but even D- disabilities don't really get mentioned as much as they should in this DEI conversation. So I'm wondering, like, as it relates to your work, because you're in the corporate world, like, how do you see stuttering in the context of, like, DEI and what you want to see more out of, like, more workplaces?
1: Sure, sure. No, I- I'm happy you asked that. You have great timing because in the context of DEI initiatives, as you know, corporate America is... is- is trying to stand up that effort. And uh, I had a really great conversation with someone I admire that is from the Say organization, which is based on the East Coast. And there's some people out here in the Bay Area. And uh, they have a speaking series where people talk about you know their careers and their experiences with stuttering. And I reached out to one of the people in that speaking series, and they were gracious enough to give me their time to talk about, uh, how they evolved to stuttering, and also how they evolved in the corporate world because they um, were older than me and had had, had success, which is similar question I think you're asking. And one of the uh, one of the aspects they mentioned about stuttering, which I think if people people who stutter know this, is that speech therapy isn't covered by insurance. Most insurances don't cover it at all. And this person had communicated that one of the initiatives they did at their work was to raise awareness about stuttering and how it affects people. And ultimately they got their company to change their insurance policy to cover speech therapy. And that, that really inspired me. And it, it, got me to thinking, you know, what, what is my insurance cover? And what I, one of my goals and what I've done is that I have started a new, uh, you know, employer resource group at where I work. Uh, for people who are neurodiverse and that's a very broad spectrum but in that spectrum is people who stutter right or have speech impediments and one of my goals of starting that organization my hope is is not only to raise awareness about stuttering and help you interact and hopefully give people a form to you know either voice their concerns or just feel more accepted but ultimately I want to advocate for my company to hopefully cover speech therapy and their insurance because I think for whatever reason speech therapy I think or not speech therapy but speech impediments are so wildly misunderstood that people just don't have any awareness or they don't have any social etiquette of how to react around it. And I think for people who stutter, we've all experienced the spectrum of reactions and being an advocate, I think, is not something that everyone wants to do who stutters, right? Because I think a lot of people just want to feel normal, or be fluent. But, you know, I think whatever people can do to just advocate for yourself and really be comfortable with who you are and whether that's admitting you're, you stutter or whether that's joining your group, whatever it may be, I think it's really important because this is an ongoing challenge for people like us. And I think... Uh, you know, any small change that you can do, whether it's professionally in your workplace as it relates to DEI or personally, I think makes a difference, right? So I, I don't know the outcome of this group that I'm starting or how it falls on the umbrella of DEI, but there's a need for it. And I think for me, I view it as an opportunity to contribute to something that's very meaningful to me. And hopefully I can help inspire other people to either reach out or just be more open with the challenges they have whether it's speech impediments or you know some other disability that they're currently experiencing and i think you know if i can do that and this group helps with that then you know i think i have hopefully you know made a difference i i mean i'm excited because i've never done anything like this and i've certainly never openly admitted especially at work that i stutter so i think Kind of, I've already had conversations with some of my coworkers and my supervisors, and again, they don't know that I stutter because I think I am so fluent. So I think uh, just creating that space is right now where I'm at is really important for me.
0: And I think the more we can organize within, like either our workplace or in other aspects of our lives i think the more di- 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 difference will make i think it would be wonderful to like to help you know expand this dei narrative to include s- stuttering and the whole interviewing system needs to
1: change
0: and be more accommodating to people who stutter yeah i
1: mean I, I, I don't know. The thing is, I don't know how to improve that, I guess, as I'm thinking about it, right? Because unfortunately people have biases, right? So, I mean, really what you're asking is how do we overcome interviewers who have biases or preconceived notions? And from that standpoint, I mean, that is work that individuals themselves who carry those biases and uh, preconceived notions have to work on, right? So, if, if, if you're someone who stutters or Again, has some 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 other disability, right? I think the a lot of weight is placed on people who stutter because I feel like, at least for me, for the longest time, I always felt like I I didn't want to be an advocate. I didn't want to be the person that walked around and when I stuttered, I wanted to tell people, "Hey, I stuttered. Give me a second. because I didn't want that conversation. I didn't want that attention. But then my position evolved to the point where I feel like, as I became more comfortable with my stutter, and I feel like, again, I accepted myself more. I realized that it's really important that we educate people in our lives that, again, have these biases, whether it's towards stuttering or uh, whether it's towards, again, some other some other bias, because that's ultimately, I think, how you make a difference in this world, right? And I think so many people have these grandiose, grandiose gestures and ideas and you know, we, we build out these, you know, 15 step multi-year plans because we want to make a difference. But in reality, you can make a difference right now in the world by just interacting with people and just raising awareness. It's okay to open yourself up to that discomfort, right? Because uh, I think people with stutter have this preconceived notion that we're the ones that have to be polite and we're the ones that again, have to follow this social etiquette or these unspoken rules of communication. But if you're at that point where you are comfortable, I think you're going to notice changes within yourself. And you're going to notice a newfound perspective when it comes to communicating and you'll just be more confident and comfortable and accepting with who you are.
0: Yeah, that's, I, that's all like, I totally relate to all of that. And Keegan, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. I think it's so important to talk about all these things and I just appreciate your your vulnerability and for you emailing me.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. And I guess one, one other thing I I just want to say about stuttering is that the 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 journey is never over and I think there's always an opportunity to change and um you know to find herself on a new path so uh thank you so much maya for uh inviting me on the podcast i really enjoyed it and i just i hope someone found my story helpful
0: and that's it for this episode of proud stutter this episode of proud stutter was produced and edited by me maya chupkov our music was composed by augusto denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the, the number to call in. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.